Hi guys, welcome back to my show, My Steps to Sobriety, on YouTube and as a podcast with me, your host, Stefan Neff. Today is another great day. Uh, it is an interview day and I'm honored and, and blessed to have Linda Bins with me. She is coming from Portland, Oregon, straight to me here in New Zealand. And she is a strong supporter of the quieter voices out there. Today we are talking about people who normally don't make much noise about themselves because they are highly, highly uh, quiet people, highly in, uh, intensive people who uh, prefer to keep to themselves. And that is such a... Uh, a big, big part of the, the population out there. But because these folks are so sensitive, they typically don't speak out. And then we we see all the flow-on effects of that. So Linda, thank you so much for coming on to the show today. I'm dead excited to explore that issue with you. I'm delighted to be here, Stefan. Thanks for having me. Ah, oh, that's beautiful. And I love it. How do how you pronounce the Stefan? It's actually exactly right. Okay. <laughs> you, you know, if you come from the north of Germany, then it's a Stefan because everyone uh, everything is zzz. And yes. if you come from the south, from where I come from, it's more of Okay. <laughs> Unfortunately, that's of course also the sound you make when you're actually drunk. So, so maybe there was there was already a sign of the times there waiting for me. <laughs> anyhow, anyhow, Linda, it's great to have you on. And Thank you. Uh, there is, we once we have found our our passion, our vision in life, there's typically a good reason why that is. Why do I do the work that I do now in, in trying to demystify and, and normalize talking about mental health and, and that because I've been a sufferer of, of alcoholism and I had my fair share of PTSD and depression. So that is quite a good reason why I'm so infused in sharing my story and wanting to make this a better world for people who are in the same the same position than I have been some years ago. So what is your background? How you didn't just wake up and you were 10 and say, you know what? I become a coach <laughs> for highly sensitive people. Hmm. Not at all, no. Um, my background, uh, it was very uninspiring as I was growing up. Um, I knew I was different from everybody else around me, from my family. I knew people didn't understand me. Um, and I was made to feel wrong for being the way I am. I was always told, you're too sensitive, get over it. Why can't you be more like so-and-so, you know, stop thinking so much and things like that. And so early on, I learned to shut down. <clears throat> and I, I really didn't think I had much to offer in life. I thought, um, I, I thought it would, I really wasn't capable of very much. Once I started working, um, it was a surprise to me when people started telling me what a great job I did and, and acknowledging me and promoting me. And, and I, I was terrified all the time because I thought any minute now they're going to find out that what, what they think they're seeing is not what's true, that I'm really a failure. And, and you know, so I had a, a imposter syndrome in a big way. Um, 
but I, as I started to he, hear and experience what other people, it's like they were seeing something in me I didn't see in myself. And so it made me start to question um, all the things I'd been led to believe that, you know, there was something wrong with me. And so I started just coming out of my shell, I suppose, just a little bit. Um, I was always very quiet. I was always very shy. I knew I was introverted. Um, and I was, I used to be terrified to speak up. There's, I always tell people the story of, of at school, I studied languages and in French, German and Russian, I received A's in my exam. And in English, my native language, I received a C. <laughs> and the reason was because as part of the exam, we had to have a group discussion. And I was so scared to say anything, I never said anything. And so I got a C because I didn't participate in that. <laughs> but that's how painfully shy I was. But um, what I came to understand, once I started to understand that there is uh, a trait, just like being an introvert or an extrovert, there is a trait called high sensitivity, which applies to about 20% of the population. And once I started learning about that and reading about it, it just suddenly made sense of everything in my life. And I, I realized that there wasn't, it wasn't that there was something wrong with me. I also realized um, that the people who were drawn to me tended to be other highly sensitive people too. Um, and it, it just really made sense of everything. The reason I started going into coaching and working with energy and working with people is because I became so depleted. I, I had to learn how to understand my energy just to get through the day, how to energize myself because I burned myself out. And if we talk about what it means to be highly sensitive, you'll understand how, how that happens. But I became very burned out and I had to learn how to manage my energy. And as I learned these things, I just felt I, I have to share what I'm learning with other people because I know there are other people like me who would benefit. So that's kind of it in a nutshell. Beautiful. Absolutely beautiful. Uh, the, I, I agree with you. There are certain personality traits that just make us unique. I mean, we can't be 9 billion people on this world and we are all the same, outgoing, and funny and everything. No, of course not. There will be a huge spread of mentalities, of, of the way we tick, the, way, the things we love, the people we love. So there is nothing wrong with these traits. It is just right. the deck of cards that was given to you and you have to play that and you have mm -hmm. to learn what you can do with it. So yes. absolutely true. From a man who has been in many not so nice situations and have met many people who similarly were suffering from a variety of things. There are, however, people who show the same sensitivity and traits, not because they have got a trait per se, but because they had to learn at a very early stage that if you open your mouth, regardless what you say, you get a hiding. Hmm. So if, if you grew up in, a, in an alcoholic household, if you grew up in a household where there was a lot of domestic violence and family harm, etc., you, of course, would equally be, at least for the first few years, you would learn how to keep your mouth shut and how mm. to become 
uh, that that person that hopefully does not attract attention and yeah. therefore things. So so it's of course hard to see if you were to work with children uh, and they're quiet to figure out what the hell is going on. Is that just an intrinsic thing, a trait, or is there mm. actually something going on? So right. it's tricky, tricky. Uh, how did you do at school? So obviously, you when you're an intrinsic, when you're an, a sensitive person and you you keep to yourself, then one of the things that you do is you hit the books. You you might actually enjoy learning, and you might enjoy reading and maybe poetry, um, maybe those kind of creative things. Was that something that, that struck out in your childhood? Yes, I turned to books. I had my nose in a book all the time, and that was something I often got in trouble for <laughs> because, oh. you know, why was I always reading? Um, <laughs> but and the other thing was being in nature and being with animals. Um, we had a dog and I would often <clears throat> take the dog and just go for long walks. Um, so just, just being by myself, I learned how to be by myself. I felt better when I was by myself. Um, and, and reading and just being outside, you know, with, with animals was the way to do that for me. Um, it was the way of, of, of coping, I guess. And, and how bizarre is that? Here you are nearly, nearly saying that with a bit of a remorse or a bit of a, a funny negative tinge to the way this mm. can be perceived. In reality, mm. nowadays, that is something that we recommend people to do to go out there to be at nature to be uh, to be happy in their own company something mm -hmm. that many many people out there can't even do and okay. here you are you were already a specialist in that field <laughs> at yes. a very early stage so if you look at I it was. from that angle here you go <laughs> right yeah i never thought of it that way but you're absolutely right you, you were a trendsetter at a very I early was. stage <laughs> i was ahead of my time <laughs> exactly yes so so only because something at the time did not fit with the kind of world that you were living in doesn't mean that it is wrong doesn't mean that okay. it is negative it is just something that right. that made you you right so. but when other people don't understand it if it's not something other people do and mm. they don't understand it then they have to make you wrong and if enough people tell you that then you, the only conclusion you can come to is that oh well it must be me there must be something mm. wrong with me because everybody else is is not like this and everybody else is telling me there's something wrong with me. So that's the only conclusion I can come to. And you don't need a lot of people to do that. Um, no, just the right uh, people. <laughs> correct. The right people. And it doesn't need to be big words. It can be no. just that, that, that little, little smirk of disgust when they look at your book and, or at whatever you do, that mm -hmm. is enough. And that will ruminate and that will go around your body and will right. feel like physical pain. I, and as highly sensitive people um, pick up on subtleties, so it could be a, a facial expression, it could be correct. the raising of an eyebrow, it could be mm -hmm. the tone of voice. Um, it, it, you don't even need to say anything. It could just be the atmosphere in a room, you know. Exactly. So, yes, absolutely, as a highly sensitive person, mm -hmm. I picked up on all of those things. Mm -hmm. And in all fairness, 
that is something again i pride myself of nowadays to have that openness in my senses to pick up mm -hmm. the vibes in a room or to to feel what is going on in a conversation that is getting heated uh, mm -hmm. That is actually a very positive trait. Again, if you look at it in nowadays, uh, quite confused environments. And when I say confused, there is so much noise out there. In, so much noise. Isn't it? And and mm -hmm. noise, not just, we are not talking volume of, of decibels here. We are talking the constant bombardment with social media and with with noise literally with mm -hmm. uh, stimuli, uh, stimuli of all uh, all kinds yeah. and that can drive many people nuts without them actually knowing isn't it yes and people I think I've lost the ability to be quiet. In fact, it it scares some people. Mm. They have to have noise around them all the time because the prospect of just being by themselves with their own thoughts um, is too terrifying for them. And I think that's a reason why people, um, well, first of all, have noise around them but that could be a reason why people turn to addictions too is why I, I say we'll say my addiction I, I didn't even realize think of it as an addiction but it was to doing to being busy that was my thing it was a, it always had to be busy you know doing something it was um because I and I think what I used to feel was that that was the that was what I was supposed to do that was the way to fit in that was what was expected of me and so I tried very hard to do that, to fit in. And uh, that meant being busy all the time. And so I did, I lost touch with that, what I knew as a child, that that uh, being quiet, reading books, being in nature, I did lose touch with that for a while. And you say a while, how long did you try to mask that trait? Oh, a, a lot of years, <laughs> a lot of years, yes. Um, yeah, well, a long time. Well, and what were your own ways of, of numbing, numbing your senses? You said keeping busy. Did you, yeah. did you enjoy a glass of wine to give you that? Uh... Yeah, I mean, I'm more of a, I've, I've always enjoyed a glass of wine with dinner, but I don't, if I don't have it, that doesn't matter. It's more, it was like, I couldn't sit still. I was always thinking about, what I needed to do. Mm. And if I thought of something that I'd have to get up and do it, um, I, I guess I became a master of personal growth because once I realized that the beliefs and the conditioning that I had from, from growing up were not true and that I could change some things about myself, then I became, I guess I became, went on a mission to fix myself and became immersed in personal growth studies. <laughs> and um, that, again, I feel was some kind of addiction, you know, because it's like, I'm going to fix myself. I'm going to find the answer out there. I'm going to find whatever it is and I'm going to fix my <laughs> myself. <laughs> and good on you. There is, and, and again, use those traits, use them as your strength. Is it really mm -hmm. so bad that you're, 
reading and immersing yourself in self-help and actually learning lessons left, right and center? Uh, I don't think so. <laughs> no, it's not bad. But the, the only thing I would say is what is the energy behind it? So if the energy yeah. behind doing that is there's something wrong with me and I'm going to fix myself and and it, it becomes I hear you. an obsession rather than yeah. Yeah. Um, as a way, uh, simply a way of growth and learning more about yourself. So the energy behind that is, is subtle, but it's very significant. Mm-hmm. And whilst the outcome is probably something very positive, uh, it is, I hear you very much, the, the, there is one thing to achieve something, but if the energy is bad, you actually don't end up celebrating what you have achieved. Right. You just yes. keep shifting that energy because the energy is still there. You shift yes. that towards the next thing and the next thing and, and the, next the next thing. thing. Yeah. That's right. It's like, and, I learned this. Oh, that wasn't it. Okay, let me learn this. No, no, that wasn't it either. Let me exactly. learn this. Exactly. It's, it is a compulsion. Isn't it? Yeah. No, yeah. I, I can I can feel that. Mm. And when I look back at my life, I'm just wondering how introvert I am indeed, or how some part of me is indeed an introvert and, and a highly sensitive person. Mm. I I certainly was like you my head in the books uh maybe because there were reasons for that as well so maybe it was not purely a trait but more uh, situational mm-hmm. awareness etc that this was a safe place to be in my with the head in the books yes. kind of a thing yes oh dear so you kept yourself busy busy mm-hmm. busy and then some busy now mm-hmm. whenever i did that in my life the end result was quite predictable with hindsight. Work, work, mm. work, work, work. Boom. Crash. Crash. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> and yes. how many times I walked into a wall and then got either very sick. I mean, I had mm. some colds in my life. Bloody hell. That I was virtually delirious for a day or two. And that delirium was, was had nothing to do with alcohol and it had nothing, it had maybe something to do with a really bad, bad, bad infection. But I think it was also because I had not paid attention to nutrition whatsoever. And I was depleted from a nutritional point of view, as well as from a, a energy and inspirational point of view. And I came to a point where my body crashed. Uh, mm-hmm. The viruses had just a field day with me. And yeah, the burnout. I mean, mm-hmm. I wrote the chapter on burnout. I invented burnout. <laughs> okay, guys. So mm-hmm. was that something that you experienced? I did. Um, I, I became very exhausted. Um, but what I would find myself doing is I would take on things. I, I would say yes to things. Um, big, in fact, one of my mantras has be, now has become just because you can doesn't mean you should. <laughs> so I would say yes to things. People would ask me if I would be involved with something oh, yeah. or people would ask for my help with something. I just said, yes, yes. you know, it sounded good to me. Yes, I, I'll, I'll help. And, and then I would find myself um, stuck in a situation that didn't feel good and it was difficult to get out of. Mm. And the last time I did that and I said yes to something, well, and I actually did set up the parameters 
process before going into this, I said, I will help up until this point, and then I'm going to step away because, you know, that's as much as I can do. But when, when it got to that point, um, the other people involved said, oh, no, you can't go. We need you, you know, all that kind of thing. And so I allowed myself, against my better judgment, to say, oh, okay, well, I will continue for a little bit longer. And that little bit longer lasted for about six years. And it was at that point that I said to myself, okay, no more. I have to listen to myself. I have to learn how to not take on things that aren't right. And, and that was really hard for me because I had to learn how to pause. So somebody asked me to do something or something was put in front of me. It was okay to say, let me think about that and I'll get back to you. And then I would sit with it and think about it and then realize no, that's not really, I, I don't want to be involved with that, you know, long term. Yes, it sounds exciting in the beginning, but that's not really a good fit for me. So learning how to do that was crucial um, because I could and did say yes to everything. And the, the, the thing I never wanted to do was let anybody else down, but I was constantly letting myself down. Say no until your lips bleed. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> it is. Yes. It is. And that's again, uh, well, that's, I guess, where the, 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 the meme or the, the exaggeration of people pleaser comes in mm. because oh, we yes. want to make other people feel good and we hate to be uh, at the center of anything that could be considered confrontation. I mean, okay. as a highly sensitive person, you feel the pain so much more therefore mm -hmm. you will do absolutely everything right even at, at great cost to yourself to avoid the pain of confrontation the pain of conflict isn't it yeah it was also uh, highly sensitive people are really good at um taking on other people's pain uh -huh. um we kind of absorb it like a sponge mm. and it's um it's something I think what I've observed, not just in myself, but in others that I've worked with who have the trait is that it's almost like we feel it's our duty to, you know, um, so let me take that. I'll take that on for you, you know, and um, I, I can deal with it and you don't have to just to make the other person feel better. And then, you know, we take it on and then we have to deal with it, um, which wh what I had to learn was that's not actually helping the other person either. <laughs> you know, you think it is, um, but it isn't. You can't fix something for somebody else. Oh dear, oh dear. <laughs> you just described 10 years of my life, actually probably more. But see, I've, I've got, I had some PTSD and I thought that my hero complex to use a negative word that my hero complex was all about me having suffered trauma myself. And now with every fiber in my heart, trying to make this world better and fighting, mm -hmm. fighting battles that were not really mine. Right. I considered myself a really good doctor, but I mm -hmm. was... I was on a on a fast track to burn out in the field that I was practicing mm. because I I put so much of my soul into it. And when you said like a sponge, you you suck up the the negative energy and the suffering and the the bad things from someone else. 
hell do I recognize myself there? <laughs> I know. And the thing is, um, you can't want somebody's success and health and well-being more than they do. You know, and that's what I used to do. I used to want it for them more than they did for themselves. And if they don't want it that badly themselves, then I couldn't help them as a coach or you know anything else. And same as a as a doctor, you you can't you can't make someone well if they don't want to be well. <laughs> you know, <laughs> so really, true. they have so to true. want it. So true. And for alcoholism, that is yes. the hallmark of alcoholism. Mm -hmm. 95% of people who are really, for most definitions, are alcoholics, are strong, strongly believing that there is nothing wrong with them. They don't need any help. Uh, they don't right. want any help because they're actually still quite happy in the misery that they are numbing with the alcohol. Mm. And it is what it is. So, yes, uh, I hear you. I hear you. That is <laughs> That applies for alcohol, but it also applies for so many other things, doesn't it? Yes, yes, it really does. Oh, so you, what was the catalyst for you to develop all that insight? That something must have occurred at some stage where you suddenly thought, hmm. Well, I, I think it's, it's, it's evolved over a period of time and still evolving. Um, so I would say the thing that set me on this path of learning about so my specialty is is energy and understanding our energy and um to know what energizes you what drains you you know how to make the most of the energy that you have how to be even more productive by working with your energy rather than against it so mm. what set me on that path actually um was i had a dog <laughs> who became ill he had a heart problem And um, it was because of that I started on, I actually started on a journey to uh, looking into natural health and through that looking into energy, but it was all really in an attempt to be able to help him. But that was the, the sort of turning point that, that put me on this path, this journey that I've been on. Um, and then, and, and then there've been very, you know, several significant stages throughout my life Um like wanting to start my own business. Um, that happened because I was in a job and I, I was studying all these things. And I, I had this job that was just intolerable. And I had tried to leave it once, but they begged me to stay. So of course I stayed. And then it just became worse and worse. And in the end, I, I just had to leave. Um, and it was at that point, I thought, well, I'm going to try starting my own business, even though I had no idea what how to start a business or whatever <laughs> as the introvert that I am how am I going to go out and talk to people but so that was another one um and then when I found out about the trait of high sensitivity that was a big just like light bulbs going off all over the place I thought oh okay this just makes sense of everything um but in But other than that, I, I feel like I'm a new person every day. I, I'm learning something new every day. I learn something new about myself. Uh, so every day is a, I, I have breakthroughs every day, I think. <laughs> And how beautiful is that? I yes. forever have been saying a day where I don't learn is a very sad day. And Absolutely. now it, for most of my life, I was, I was uh, focusing on literal things that I learned, something in medicine, something in history, something along these lines. It's only in the last 
months, years. So really since, well, I guess five years. The first two years after recovery uh, or in recovery were empty. Uh, mm-hmm. There was no energy in me. There were no emotions in me. I had to reinvent myself because I had to numb my emotions for such a long time with alcohol. Now suddenly taking that away and having to learn a new way of life and a new way of feeling and dealing mm. with these feelings, etc. The first two years were probably just confusing and empty and and broken and like an automaton, like a like a like a zombie kind of effect. Mm. And then from then on, suddenly I was on this spiritual and and yeah, it was a journey. It was mm. a, a a a a path that I had no clue where it would lead me to. And but it was a path that I realized that I was learning constantly and learning about myself and about what yes. triggers me, what drives me, what mm. I hate, what I like. And you you make new discoveries every day about yourself and then you try carefully some some new coping mechanism and you suddenly think wow that works really well and maybe let's do a bit more of that and then Mm -hmm. then something else crosses your path and I I I am today a man that I could have not imagined me being like that even two Mm. years ago so it's the same probably with you because of your sensitivity you can take on new things you are open you're you're open to things that maybe other people would frown upon or not frown that's negative um because they don't understand something it's much easier to laugh about it rather Mm -hmm. than actually try to understand it or maybe even go along with it yes so do can i ask you a little bit about the energy healing Mm. side of things it is from a from a strictly medical point of view the skeptic in me wants to say oh what a mumbo jumbo Mm. yet in reality everything is energy absolutely Mm. everything your 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 cells work on energy fields work on 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 all these kind of things we are electricity the, the amount of, of electricity that is pumping through our nerves at any one moment is just amazing. And so these are energy fields that are raising through our body and then causing either emotions or a muscle to move, etc. So, of course, there is energy out there. We just don't look at it like that. We, therefore, because we don't understand it so easily, therefore, it's easy to uh, put it away to the side. Mm-hmm. So, how do you see energy? How how does it play a role in you dealing with your clients? I see it, um, well, as you said, everything is energy, but I see it, I'm looking at it more in terms of, I, I think we have this wonderful system within us, an emotional guidance system, if you like, that when you boil it down, it's really simple. When you feel good, your energy is higher, you make better decisions. You know, when you feel good, things are going well. 
you're on track. When you don't feel good, then something's off. So if you can learn that, okay, I get up this morning, I'm feeling really good and I'm going about my day. Oh, wait a minute. Now I don't feel so good. What happened? Mm. If you can learn to pay attention to that, but we don't, we tend not to want to do that. It's like, oh, I'm angry and I shouldn't be angry. I should push that away or let me take that out on somebody else or something like that. But if you can learn to pause and say, okay, I'm feeling angry. I'm feeling really sad right now. What happened? What shifted? What changed? Now, as a highly sensitive person, very often it's because I've just taken on something from somebody else. I've taken on someone else's anger or, or sadness. And if, you, if you're not aware that that can happen, and if you're not aware that it's not yours, then it's really, really hard to change it, to, to let it go. Um, so you're, when you feel good, your energy is up. When you don't feel good, your energy is down. And so the goal really, I think for all of us, is we want to feel better. And when we turn to some form of addiction, that's an attempt to, I'm not feeling good, to say, I'm not feeling good. I don't want to feel this way. So let me take something or do something that changes that. But of course, it's only temporary. And we're afraid to look at whatever the emotion is that we're feeling. I'm feeling angry. I can't look at that, you know. That the energy just literally went out on your <laughs> side. <laughs> hey, this, that is talk about burnout in a really yeah. serious way. <laughs> yes, it's perfect example right there. <laughs> is it not? But mm -hmm. I mean, it is, I, as a highly sensitive person, you take things to heart that maybe with hindsight or with, if you step outside of yourself and look in, you actually have to say, do you really have to be so sensitive to that? So you were just saying when, when you came back on that, God, several years ago, it would have been mortifying for you because you, you described yourself as perfectionist. Yes, yes. I um, I did used to be a perfectionist and I expected anything I did had to go perfectly. <laughs> Good luck with that. <laughs> yeah, I mean, talk about setting yourself up for failure. Um, yes. And uh, so it, it, had this happened, if I'd been doing this a few years ago and that had happened, I would have felt devastated. I would have taken on responsibility for that. And felt that, you know, it's all my fault. It's terrible. I've spoiled everything. You know, I really would have taken that to heart and yeah. that could have affected me for several weeks, probably. <laughs> yeah. 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 Same with me. And isn't it mm. bizarre? Is it not bizarre how, how you take that on and how it nearly mm. becomes a, a central core component that of yourself, that you're a failure yes. Yes. because someone else had, trouble in the power plant and mm -hmm. somehow there was a fluctuation in the line it mm. is your problem it's my problem exactly yeah. how yeah. bizarre is that well when you look back at, when I when I look back and I see I know how I would have behaved in certain situations like this and I can see how ridiculous it is but at the time it just felt so natural it just, that's what I had to do I didn't know anything else. And I think when you, I think it comes from this core belief of I'm not good enough. Mm. And so that affects everything. So you have to, you know, everything must be my fault. 
You know, I have to take responsibility for everything. It's crazy. <laughs> no, it is. It is. Yes, it is crazy. And yes, I recognize myself so yes. many times in my past in yes. your words. It is weird. And and the direct flow and effect, of course, then is that you feel like an imposter. And that, that's yes. where it, when you come up with something, when you actually become good in something, as you had outlined, you nearly feel bad about being good in something because you feel you yeah. don't deserve it. Yes. And this is, this is, I mean, if, if the devil wanted to create a torture, that's really, really, really effective. Well, there is one of them. Mm -hmm. Okay. And yes. again, I recognize myself again and again. The imposter yes. syndrome and that's exactly what it means for you guys yes. out there you think that you're not good enough for something that you either have achieved or have created etc mm. here here i am hosting a podcast and a youtube channel and even now frequently i have got this little voice saying who the hell are you to try to be an influencer who the hell are you to try to do X, Y? And I have to stop for a moment, look that that voice in, in the face and say, bugger off, okay? Yes. I'm, because I'm doing that for a damn good reason. I think I, I can offer something here. I can offer a forum where people can recognize, wow, they are not alone. And actually have a look here. If Stefan can do it. Well, then I can do it, <laughs> you know, that kind of a thing. And that's that's right. why we do these kind of things. But that voice that you say, this kind of constant self-doubt, is, is I think, a, yeah, a very much a trait of me. And the more I listen to you, the more I have to describe myself as a highly sensitive person. Because so far, I've ticked off absolutely everything, every hallmark that you have described. Yep, done, 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 done. And that is a good thing, and that is yes. a bad, and not a bad thing. It's a no. good thing actually, because I'm, I'm, starting to realize why I've made certain decisions in my life that right. I have done. Well, it's an, being highly sensitive can can appear to be a very negative thing, and that's certainly how people think of it. And you, and you hear the word sensitive, and you immediately think of it's a negative word, mm -hmm. um, but really there are four characteristics four main characteristics of highly sensitive per people as described by dr elaine aaron who literally wrote the book on highly sensitive people um one is depth of processing so we process things very very deeply so we don't do superficial things i always say if you ask a highly sensitive person a question or you ask them to do something, you better be interested in the result and in the answer. You must really want to hear the answer because <laughs> they're not going to just give you a, you know, I, I have somebody, um, a friend of mine, I asked her to look at, at something over for me one time. And um, I, I was expecting just, you know, a few comments here and there. And she gave me this like, full report uh, really in depth, and it was so incredibly valuable. But I had to laugh, and I said to her, "Oh, this is wonderful! It's such a great example of don't ask a highly sensitive person to do something if you're not really and and you really want to know not just the good stuff but the bad stuff too. You you have to want to know it all. So there's that depth of processing. It's like um, we have to go into something in depth. 
Um, then there's the, the second one is overstimulation. We easily get overstimulated by things. It could be by crowds, by noise, by smells, certain smells, um, by um, just by all the sensory input that's coming um, at us all the time. So it's easy to get overstimulated. Uh, the third one is emotional reactivity and, and, and empathy, really. So that ability we talked about earlier to, to pick up on people's emotions, but then very often absorb them and take them on as our own. And then the other one is uh, subtleties, and that is to, to notice and pick up on subtleties that other people just don't see or don't, don't pick up on at all. Um, and all of those things, while they can be overwhelming, they are, I've come to see them as a tremendous gift because that's what enables me to be so good at what I do. I hear what's not being said. I pick up on energy and emotion and you know all those things. So it enables me to be better at anything that I do. So if you can see it that way, that's how you see it as a strength and you can embrace it and learn how to work with it rather than trying to fight against it. And we have got a winner here, four out of four. Yes. yes. <laughs> <laughs> okay. And here you are. Uh, I guess if I'm now accepting the label of a highly sensitive person, which I think fits actually quite well, that doesn't mean to say that you're automatically quiet. Because no. I sometimes, you of course, put masks up a mask of bravado, a mask of, of the outgoing person. And some of us obviously can be very effective in, in the way we portray ourselves as a certain type of person. Mm. And in all fairness, it, it, this might actually be just as much a trait of you as well. Who says that you can only have one trait? Yes, there might be a dominant trait there, but there might be another person living in you. And yes. to to have the two of them coinciding is is beautiful. So if there's this outgoing person in you, the person who likes to make others laugh, the, the person who is there, who is who is the leader, the, the the strong person out there, that's beautiful. Let this person thrive, but don't forget that that, that there is the other person in you as well who needs the different care. Who needs the different time out? Who needs the the quiet moment when there is no stimulation? Mm. And well, I have learned that I can be very extroverted in certain situations. Mm. So when when you get me talking about this kind of topic, yeah. I can be quite extroverted. I could talk about this all day. Normally, I don't talk much. <laughs> um, you know, I'm very very quiet. But you get me on the right topic. Ah. I could talk all day about it. So I, I can tap into those extrovert tendencies yeah. um, when I need them. <laughs> it's interesting, isn't it? Yeah. yeah. But it's, it, ah, yeah, it's intriguing. So now that I'm, I'm thinking along these lines, I have to say I'm a very efficient shopper. I go to town, I get the belt, I get the whatever else I need, and I go. Now, that is, of course, because in town you get overstimulated left, right and center. And that's why I hate I, for me to go shopping, to just wander through a shopping mall. You might as well make me eat glass or something like that. That's as pleasant as spending time uh, in there. 
how intriguing. And if you then look at the classic meme of um, imagine the, the blueprint of a shopping mall and you see a man going in, you see the footsteps going there, going there, going there. And then a woman going in, looks like Pac-Man, the old game. Um, so if you if you would accept that this is actually a bit closer to the truth than just a joke, then you have to say how many men are actually highly sensitive, how many men hate to be overstimulated, but because we as with our Y chromosome, we have to be strong, we have to mm. be... Uh, etc. You just wonder how many men do suffer because of exactly that discrepancy. Yes, and I think um, I, I think they've said that um, it's pretty equal: fifty percent women, fifty percent men uh, right. are highly sensitive. And it has to be so much harder for a man because, as hard as it is for a woman to to thrive being a highly sensitive person, it's much much harder for a man because you there's no way you want to admit that you're highly sensitive you know people a lot of people aren't ready to hear that but I have to laugh because as you're describing how you shop that's how I shop <laughs> I I hate to shop I I you know I have to know um, exactly where I'm going what I'm getting I'm in I'm out I'm home I'm <laughs> <laughs> but see i have i have wrapped that up in different belief systems so mm -hmm. for me i want to be highly efficient so for mm -hmm. me i don't want to waste time so i've put mm -hmm. a positive label onto it and a positive yes. swing onto it to avoid um the pain of having to admit that maybe i don't like crowds mm -hmm. um for me to be at a party nowadays is punishment because it's excruciating I, is it not <laughs> yes and i guess that's the reason that i always preloaded um uh with a drink and then i was suddenly mm. calm numb and i could talk shit for hours mm. and um but now to actually have to make small talk for an hour or two wow Please not. Please not. I, I know. Well, again, it's that, it's that highly sensitive nature. We don't do small talk. Let's have a real conversation. Yeah, exactly. Let me learn something real about exactly. you. And <laughs> that's that's hard for – it can come across as very intimidating to people who are not highly sensitive. And I know I've been described as intimidating before, which made me really laugh because – I used to think, well, there's nobody less intimidating than me. But I understand what they were saying now. Is it like um, when you are quiet uh, and you, when you have a conversation, you want to have a real conversation, that can be intimidating for many people yeah. because they feel judged or they feel you're critical of them in some way. Um, interesting. So it's, it's very interesting. But. <laughs> uh. <laughs> oh wow oh wow so okay cool so we have explored the features of being highly sensitive mm. and we have already from the word go said that this is actually a pretty cool superpower and that we need to learn how to harness it and how to use it to our strength but people don't come to you and say, hey, I've got a superpower. 
come on, let's develop that. They come to you with problems. So how how what are some of the problems that that people really suffer from? And then how do you turn that around? How do you show them the mirror in front of their face and and hold it there and say, okay, let's rephrase the questions. What do you do? Well, um, some of the problems people come with are exactly the kinds of things we've been talking about: um, imposter syndrome, anxiety, overwhelm. A lot of people come. I often say what people think is the problem is never the problem. So people will often come because they want to learn how to be more efficient. They think I'm not being efficient enough with my time. Um, I'm not accomplishing what I want because I I don't manage my time very well. And then when we start to to look at what that means and what they're doing, it's it's because they're living totally out of alignment with who they are. So of course they're not getting things done because it's not a fit, you know, so it's, it's really helping them to see themselves and helping them to see, see what's really going on in their lives. Um, and I, I start, um, well, first of all, I start by saying, okay, where are you now? And where do you want to be? And, you know, what do you think it's going to take for you to get there? What do you think is holding you back? And, you know, they'll usually say something, they've usually done a lot of work they've they've been like me on the personal growth journey but they've been trying to fix themselves so it's about helping them see that there's not it's not that there's something wrong with you we just have to find out who you are what does it mean what does energize you what does drain you what is a fit for you what's important to you so it's a lot of just exploring um, what that means, you know, and what, what do you get excited about? So if you're doing this, this particular job and you're not feeling fulfilled anymore, why did you start that job in the first place? What drew you to it? So it's, it's, it's tapping into their energy, their, their being and finding out who they really are. And for each person, it's going to be different. The way we do that is going to be different because people learn in different ways. They have different experiences. Um, but some of the typical things I try to do right away is, okay, let's dive in there and get to some of those fears. You know, what are you most afraid of? What do you feel ashamed about? What do you feel guilty about? Let's, let's dive in there and dig those things out, you know. Um, but also helping people see that a lot of the pain and emotions that you're feeling may not actually be yours. A lot of people take on the pain of their families and they've been trying to work through their own stuff and not feeling that they're making much progress when what they're really doing is still trying to fix everything for everybody else in their family. You know, that, that won't work. So it's, it's, it's diving into all of that messiness (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> but doing it in a, such a, a supportive and positive way so that they feel supported all the way through it, that they they feel that there's, uh, you know, somebody always there. I, one of my best uh, stories I heard from one of my clients was she said to me one time, something came up for her and she was in a panic about it. And she said, oh, I, I want to call Linda. I want to call Linda. But she knew I was on a plane somewhere and she couldn't call me. So then she said, well, what would Linda tell me to do? And then she she just did it. She 
so that's what I always tell people. You already, you don't need me to tell you. It's already in there. I'm just helping you to get it out, you know. So <laughs> I don't know if that answered your question. But <laughs> oh, very much so. Very, very much so. It is bizarre, isn't it? It is how we work and what sometimes needs to be done. And funnily enough, if I was now to rephrase a little bit what you have just said, that is essentially in the system of the 12 steps, that's step four. Mm. You mm. take a real good inventory of what is going on inside of you, all the resentment, anger, fear, try to figure out what the hell is going on. What mm. exactly are you feeling? Why are you angry? Because mm. Joe Blocks did that. Okay, cool. So what did he do? He did that, that, mm. that, that. Okay, and, and how did it make you feel? Oh, and, mm. and so on. So you actually literally make lists and, and mm. write things down. So very similar to what you're doing. Interesting. And if you, and if you guys are looking out there at various recovery systems, uh, it is virtually always the same steps that need to be done. You need to yeah. look why you're doing certain things, mm -hmm. why you're feeling certain things and need to explore. And that is a journey. And if you say, ah, oh, the 12 steps don't work or the smart recovery doesn't work or I've worked with that life coach and that was a heap of shit, that just shows that you have tried one way of looking at your personal problems and your emotions and you might either not have been ready mm. to do that work or you felt so much pain looking at the true you that you rather gave up on that because mm. we are very good we, we don't want pain we are mm. very good in avoiding pain and if actually even if if exploring something which is painful, would lead to you coming out such a different person the other end, the pain might be too much at that moment mm. in time. So mm. there are many reasons why you might actually fail in, in such a journey. But uh, it astounds me again and again when I speak to, to people like you, Linda, who want to help others and how you go about helping others. There's, there are great similarities out there. Mm. But of course, not 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 everyone gels with everyone. No. So, so you guys out there, you need to find your own path. You need to find your own way to explore what is driving you, and to explore the negative aspects of it. Because we are not all positive things. Oh, for Christ's sake! I've got so many bad traits in me. It's no longer funny. And the same applies to everyone: the Queen, the Pope. You name it, any kind of your your heroes or the people that you look up to, your peers, rest assured, they all they all are flabby when they're naked and they all are not so pretty if you strip away the mask and the underlying the underlying emotions. Mm. Oh, highly sensitive people. Interesting. I've been called a lot of things. 
Nobody's. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> well, I think we're learning that you are. And, you know, what you're talking about, it takes courage. It takes real courage to do this inner work. And there's no, there's no substitute. Now, however you come to it, like you said, whatever program you take, whoever you decide to work with, it, it doesn't matter. There's no getting away from the fact that you have to start looking inside yourself. Mm. It is the only way. And as painful as you think it might be, um, it's certainly not as painful as not doing it. You know, and although it, it, it's like you have to go through that, those painful emotions to be able to come out the other side. Denying them won't work. Numbing them won't work. Pretending they're not there. Trying to be positive. You know, it's not about thinking positive all the time. It's not about saying, uh, I mustn't feel angry or I mustn't feel sad or, you know, any of those things. Because you can't deny what you're feeling. If I'm feeling angry, I'm feeling angry. So let me examine that. What, what, where is that coming from? What does it mean? And when you're willing to do that, you'll move through it and come out the other side of it. Oh, that's beautiful. Linda, if there are people out there who really gel with what you're saying and want to do more work with you, how do they go about it? Well, um, I would say the best thing, and if you want to find out if you're highly sensitive or not, I have a questionnaire that you can do. If you want to email me, just send me an email. You don't have to sign up for anything. So Linda at lindabins.com and just put highly sensitive or, or just, just ask for a highly sensitive uh, session. And then what we can do is I'll send you the questionnaire and then uh, we can have a call and I'll review it with you just so that you understand these are your areas of sensitivity. This is what it means for you. And here's how you could go about helping yourself. So um, I think that's the best way forward. Just Linda at lindabins.com. And I'd be very happy to help anybody who's, uh, who's interested. And you know exactly that I'm going to send you an email. Okay, <laughs> yeah, I look forward to it. <laughs> I need to explore that more. I know. Yes. Because it is, it is such an intriguing new insight I've developed here today. And, Good. and this is the journey, guys. I mean, this is, yes. if you ask me, why the hell is he doing another interview? Why, I mean, how many more people can you interview? And I must say, every single interview I do, I learn something about myself, mm. about the world around me. It is the most beautiful journey I could have ever gone on. And mm. I, I can't see myself stopping in a hurry. Uh, I think I will be doing interviews until I'm old and gray uh, because it's and such I a cool thing. <laughs> I know it's so beautiful. <laughs> and talking to you, Linda, talking to people who are out there who have developed that insight. Because mm -hmm. you guys, all of you have got problems. Every single listener, every single life coach, every single one right. who gets in touch with me. Every yeah. single one I meet on this earth, on this world, on this earth, but yeah. it is some of us have gone that step further that mm -hmm. we recognize there is something wrong with us, and let's actually explore that and let's do the hard work, and then you yeah. come out a very different person at the other end, and then some of us who are at that level say, actually, let's share that. Yeah, that's that's what you hear in these interviews. Mm -hmm. So it's brilliant. Yes. Linda, it has been such a fantastic interview. Thank you so much for sharing your insights, for showing us that type of the person uh, who is, I mean, if you, if I would have listened 
just to the tone of your voice, just had quickly listened into this interview, and you would have told me it's about highly sensitive people. I would have thought, yeah. Yeah, <laughs> just listen to it. Yeah, highly sensitive, my bottom. Um, and here we are, two highly sensitive people actually mm -hmm. talking, talking animated and etc. So your your prejudice of the sensitivity and the, the I don't know, whatever comes to your mind. Well, you quickly have to relook at that uh, when you when you listen to this interview. So those of yes, you yeah. out there who feel very much that we hit the, the nail on the head, get in touch with Linda and see if there's not something that some work that you can do to allow you to move forward in certain areas of your life and live the life that you really want to do. Because right. it's just waiting for you. You just need to figure out how to get there. And I yeah. think Linda might very well be the, the right person to be of assistance to you there. Thank you, Stefan. And thank you for the work you're doing. It is so needed. And uh, thank you for having the courage to do it as a highly sensitive person. <laughs> well, true, true. <laughs> hey, guys, thank you so much, Linda. Thank you very much again to you. I wish you all a fantastic, fantastic time. Look after yourself. All right. Bye. Thank you. Bye-bye.